What up, though? And welcome back to Black Fridays, where we're talking black business every Friday. Today, I have the honor of having the social media queen, Christina Dubois, a.k.a. Socially Chrissy, on the podcast. I'm really excited about this one because Chrissy really did a great job at breaking down her path to developing her business, Socially Chrissy, where she handles video content for her client's social media accounts. And then learning that she was at first a social worker by trade and then decided to make the switch into uh, full-time entrepreneurship. So really dope conversation that we had. And make sure that you keep listening because there is a hilarious fun fact about a random job that Chrissy had that nobody else is privy to. It is a Black Fridays exclusive. So enough about me and enough talking about it. Let's be about it and let's go ahead and get into the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Black Fridays, where we celebrate and support our Black creatives, Black businesses, and Black professionals. Today, I have with me somebody who fits all three buckets. I have none other than Christina, aka Socially Chrissy, in the building. How you doing today? You know, living a dream in quarantine. I got to find a new catchphrase, though. I don't think we're in quarantine no more. Yeah, I think we I think we at the end of the bell curve. So. Yeah, I think the quarantine might be over. <laughs> and um, give you all a little bit of backstory about how I uh, came across uh, Christina's content. One of my friends, I think, either posted a video or sent it to me and told me uh, how dope her content and her page was. And then so I instantly started following, became a fan automatically. And she does uh, a lot of amazing things on social media, just in terms of content creation. Uh, she has her own business uh, and then also uh, helps people in the city uh, be able to t- creatively tell their stories as well. So I'm really interested in, in learning more. And uh, in my mind, I just keep calling you the queen of social media. So I would like to ask you, uh, could you explain to us exactly what it is that you do with your business? So for me in particular, when I first started my business, it was totally different. I was a full-fledged production um, company, but then COVID put that to a halt. So I had to figure out how to pivot. So my current is what I do is I help businesses tell their story effectively using social media content. But I actually narrowed that down a niche down or niche, whatever it is, into video content. Um, and I've been doing that before. Everybody was like, oh, Instagram finally announces video. No, your business should have always been video. So that's what I do. And how did you get into this profession? Like we were talking a little bit beforehand and then you're telling me that. So I found out you were the Wolverine, which is dope. And uh, we was in Ann Arbor around the same time and you were in the school of social work. So that's where that's what you were studying for back then. So how did you kind of fall in love with content creation? So I've always been the girl who had the, the cool, dope tech. I was the girl in high school who had the two-way, always switched it out, flipped it, old school camera, camcorder, just always telling stories, always always had some digital device in my hand. So that was always my thing. Um, 
got married. He works in the digital space still. He works for a big video conglomerate and always just have fun, go pros, all that. Um, social work got really, really tough the year that I got pregnant with my daughter. Just not being pregnant with her, but just what goes on in social work, burnt out, all that different stuff. Um, unfortunately, there was a situation that happened with a case. I had to remove myself from social work because it was just, it, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I think I was off maybe maybe six months. Yeah, almost at the end of 2016. And I decided to just start. I had a GoPro. And at the time, um, oh my God, what is it? A GoPro and a, um, a razor. And I made a video about this razor that we all used to have. <laughs> Nothing crazy, not, you know, whatever. And Instagram had just started. Well, it had been started, but like started to take off, you know, where you was actually content creating, whatever. So I, all I did was post it and tagged it, y'all. That's it. Literally got inform- like a contact information. Back-, back then, you know, like most people did email. Nope. So it was like a DM. And it was like, oh, we love your video. Can we feature it? And it was from, was it Nokia? Nokia. And then it just went from there. So I just started to make short, like video. I've always done short, like short form video as well as long. But it's always been like very unique to what I do. So how my average person thinks about creating or like a photo and video and they want all these effects. That's how my brain works. But I turn into video assets. So that's how I started. And I want to know, out of curiosity, are there any transferable skills from social work to digital media? And then also, I got to say, my sister is a social worker and y'all get tried often. So the fact that you had to leave that case, I'm not shocked. Yep. In my case, wasn't even tried. I have actually had like really, so I started with, in social work aspect, I started in just simple, like going to homes, just make you doing maintaining. This was actually uh, because burnt out, another person got burnt out. So I had to do a retrieval. So I take a retrieval case and it was more just like, there was an actual me visualizing assault on a child. Uh-uh, no, and my job's pregnant. So it just was like, whatever. But I say the skills that I took is that with social work, you have to be able to help people and I help business owners. Um so I think social work is all about comprehending and understanding somebody's story. And then in turn reverse, I do that in content, being able to, you tell me my business is a flower company and these are my three business goals. I turn that into three actionable goals on social that may include con- like, you know, carousel, stop motions, just different content that people don't think. But the difference between me and why people like work with me and maybe not a videographer or social media, these was a social media coach, stuff like that is that, I have the business back end. I have, but my videos are also very creative. You don't often see it. And so when you started to develop your brand and your business, what was that process like? So you got burned out from social work and then you said, let me double down on doing this digital content. How, what was your beginning phase like when you made that decision? What do you mean? What was my beginning phase? Like how, like, why did like I from, that? from from day one when you decided that this was going to be a business? Oh, um, so day one was like just researching stuff, uh, what my husband had and what he didn't have. So like camera wise, so he had a lot of he had access to camera. Like I remember going like watching YouTube videos, you know, researching stuff like what I needed to start bases and to contact these like clients or people that I wanted to work with. Right, and the number one thing was like a camera. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna get a small camera. I remember. <laughs> my then husband was like, oh, I got a camera. Brought me home like a red camera, a 4K, which was like a $30,000 camera. So it was just going into like being realistic, what I could use, what I could work with. Um, I took, so before I launched in October, 2016, I took all of September 
and a little bit of October. And I literally was either uh, Creative Market, YouTube, or Skillshare. Um, there was another one, not Creative Market, Creative. It's called something, but it's like Skillshare, but it actually has like even more dynamic uh, education. And it's like, you know, a Skillshare, you got to type and find it. This one was like, you literally just go to video product and it's a whole school. And I literally learned ins and out. But every day I would watch a video and then I would get onto the ground and take like stuff I already used and I would recreate it. So instead of learning, we often learn, learn, learn. And then we don't use, use, use. Nope. I set up a system where you're going to watch a video and you're going to try to create and use it so that, you know, what is it? If you don't use it, you lose it. No, we can't lose it because that's what I do. And then I wrote down a list of a hundred businesses I wanted to work with. And then with the content that I created, I researched and noticed that video people need reels, which is so funny because now Instagram has reels, but no actual reels, which is an informational um a visual, pretty much a portfolio, but it's visual. So I use that to create that. And then due to my husband's connections, I was able to work with big name people in the city. So using them and sending them and having them in my reel help. But I'd say the biggest thing I knew I had to do was video and people spending a lot of money because video is expensive. Um, was I had to be professional, look professional, know my stuff, but also have systems in place because video people also work very much in systems. It's not like, hey, can I work with you? And then I see... I see people say, just take the job and learn later. I agree with that when it comes to maybe the field that I like pivoted in now, because smaller businesses, if you know predominantly a lot of different things, marketing, video, you can get by. But I mean, my first person I pitched to was Kobo. They're not about to be like, yeah, your email like, hey, what up? No, I mean, well, maybe cool because they think like the Detroit thing, but, you know, like being very professional, understanding how what a cold call is, understanding, like, I remember, like, people talk about now systems. I was having systems back then, making sure when I sent it out, I also had like a follow-up list, like, okay, it's been five days, follow back up. Um, I remember doing like a research too about if that company didn't work, maybe they're too large scale. So like Kobo, I realized Kobo were like, we love you. But then they were like, well, here's who we work with. And the person who they work with was Dominic. He, I mean, even to this day, I feel like the more he learns, I'm still behind him. But his stuff was amazing. Plus his price point. Um, that's the first time I learned to my price point was too high for where I was. Um, but yeah, that's just simply what I did. I literally created systems, learned my craft before I reached out to anybody, did a lot of stuff for free where I knew then that they were big name people would share it. And back then, you know, if they shared it on Facebook, I went. And so I just made a name for myself in the city. And then it actually moved out because of the people who work in the city who are, you know, low key or big or whatever, they have pools to people other places. So that's like how I transitioned into that. Who was your first official client? My ex-husband. But first, like, other, like, person to pay me, uh, auto show. Oh, dope. So what what did you do for the auto show? So auto show was, like, um, a lot of people weren't used to, like, Instagram or, you know, social media creating, like, live Instagram stories. So the year they had Instagram stories, I was the one curating it, what it would look like, how it should be, how you publicize that. So... That was like, I feel like when they began the fear of missing out. And the one thing that like, people don't understand is that all people have a fear of missing out. It's just a different financial bracket. But when you get people who can afford $5,000 tickets to have a fear of missing out, all they do is have them wait, wait, wait. And as soon as you hit that email list or you get people in those DMs like, we didn't even know. Me and my family didn't even know. Oh, how can we be on the list? Now you're getting people on the list. So your return on investment is visible. So then they bring you back every year. But just, again, having... You tell me what your business is, your business goals are, and I'll turn them into a social media goal. So, and that was like the first client. Then after that, um, next largest was, 
So this one wasn't paid, but it literally, I posted about Instagram like four years ago and it was amazing. Was I got to do, I got to be on a creative shoot uh, for Adidas. So that was really, really fun. But I've gotten to do Adobe residency. I've gotten to work with, like, my came to fame to me. My biggest client is my dream client. I currently work with now and I run their social, Good Cakes and Bakes. It is, I have been a customer for six and a half years. I've always, you know, like, I just want to do something. I don't know how to bake none, so I knew that wasn't going to be it. <laughs> so I was just like, I wish I could do something. I remember I sent an email. I was like, I want to make a... um because I love doing drone, but drone is still new to a lot of businesses too. And I was like, I want to do a drone aerial of your place. I want to fly it through the building, blah, 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 blah. Nothing had got any response, blah, blah, blah. And then just this year, finally just connecting still, still, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to be in your, your emails all year. So then finally landing up that's client. So that's my most like, ah. Uh, and then second, I'd be, I had the opportunity to do Coachella as well for two years. Coachella was actually one of my largest losses of 2020. Because uh, it didn't happen. It did not happen. And we had to return retainers. So, but thank God I'm real good with my money and that money wasn't spent yet. So <laughs> I was like, okay. And so I'm starting to, I'm starting to see you really are the queen of social media because you, you gave a lot of free game and then you definitely work with some of the big wigs. Cause if you can get the auto show popping on social media and we talked beforehand about how I used to work in automotive and how it's super slow and, you know, completely diff- different demographic. And, you know, most of those people probably not really on social for real. Some of those brands not even on social for real. So if you can get the auto show going, you you definitely got some sauce. And it was definitely you definitely right. Because definitely I remember when I got the passwords and stuff and I was like. Because you could see activity and I was like, well, this is weird, but it just but it was crazy because. Like I said, the rich demographic, once they see their wives or whatever, because like you said, it's a certain like automotive, the men probably, I, mm, and I, I didn't have to regulate comments, thank God, but I just know like when I got the, you know, got the payment and everyone talked, they're like, this went really well. I truly believe it was the us, because at the end of the day, like us younger millennials, we're all here making the, you know, we're starting to make the big bucks. We are starting to be the dominant capital. And so we are on social. We're trying to see what people wear or maybe a wife or girlfriend trying to see what somebody. So that's who was in a lot of the stuff. But if yo, you keep looking at your phone and you're showing your husband and then, you know, maybe Tabitha show Paul and Paul and his wife was at home that day, but they wanted to go. They started to create that, that social circle that most people don't know that you're tapping into. You just have to know how to effectively do it. Like just posting it. If I would have just posted a photo, no words, no nothing. No, but posting like I got the opportunity to be in a room with somebody. I don't remember her name because that was so many years ago, but like she got dressed. Obviously, we did the before and the after. Um, she actually had a social media presence, but oddly enough, LinkedIn and Pinterest. So something tapped in. So those people started to come onto Instagram when she would post it, like reverse post it. So it just was it is social media is obtainable and attachable. You can grow. It's just you got to like be strategic about it. You got to know who you're talking to, literally know who you're talking to. And your personal brand is super um, impressive as well. And that was one of the first things that I noticed on your page. And I wanted to know what was your journey in terms of developing your own um, branding? But for me, my journey was pretty easy because I feel like your your personal brand is attached to your business brand because your business, you run it. Unless somebody else run your, it's a family business. You just happen to have like the name or something like Bose Speakers or something. You're like, I just got the name. But I just feel like this day and age of social media cracks me up when people are like, how to like grow your personal brand and business. My, my personal brand is literally just a journey in my life. So if you know how to effectively storytell, but what started it was actually my daughter. So 
people who are listening, if you don't follow me on social Chrissy on Instagram, you will know. About five years ago, did not want this child. Not in a sense of a, a bad situation. Nope, was married. Financial situation. Nope, didn't. Money was an issue. I just didn't want kids. I travel a lot. I love the freedom. Blah 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 blah. Have her. Her father and her are literally thirty year, two years apart to the day and a time. Same date, birthday. He was born at 1.12 a.m. She was born at 1.12 p.m. Same day. So it's just like they have a bond, they got the same face, whatever. There was no attachment, really. I wasn't trying to have attachment. Long story short, we go into 2017, almost a year. Um, almost a year into, like, my daughter being a year, I attempted suicide. Um, months go by, whatever. And then something about my situation, I've always been very transparent. I don't understand. You can either not tell people anything, and I think that's fine, too. If you are an introvert, don't want to tell nobody, you, yep. But I, I, it's just something about the me researching, like, how I felt, not finding nothing, telling moms, telling friends, like, y'all, I'm not feeling well. Like, I just don't want to do this. School, like we talked about earlier, you know, I attempted the grad school thing. I have always been a dominant student. So my grades bad because I'm over at breast. Whatever it is I was doing, I just didn't like it. It wasn't a sense. And then I wasn't connected to my kid. So I was just like, Ugh. you know, some parents go through what other parents say. No, I was going through my own, like, <sighs> I ain't. I ain't dope no more. Oh God, this kid is killed. Like, you know, whatever. Um, and I don't know what happened. I'm gonna be honest. I say this to everybody all the time. I don't know what clicked, but I was like, I've always been the person like, girl, you could do it. Inspire or girl, I, I fell down eight flights of stairs and I still, you know, went out that whatever. So I just felt like God was like, you're still here after this because the situation in which I try to do it, I don't know nobody who make it through taking one narco and not having no, they teeth done. I took five. So five and wine. So, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, it's time to tell your story. So I started to tell my story on social because I felt one black moms don't talk about it. Or if we do talk about it, uh, postpartum depression. Oh, you know, we always put scrutiny of it. It's a, a racial thing. Oh, white women go through that. So that's why I thought I was crazy. And I was like, nobody else feel like this. Once I started telling that story, that's how my personal brand also developed that I'm a social work in a social community, meaning social media. And I'm a black mom who didn't want to be a mom. But now, I'm doing everything possible to be very present in her life and change like the generational trauma. And I just kept going with it, posting my stories, showing like just a simple 15 minute walk with Eden was better than being stuck in the house and losing your mind that nothing would happen if you take your new baby outside or <laughs> fun fact <laughs> that year, I took my daughter to Coachella because I was like, well, what am I do? This is a $5,000 ticket. We didn't know we was going to have her. I, you know, I showed everybody and people are like, you're on a plane, but, I take a baby, you know what I'm saying? So just being just very transparent and raw and real in all aspects, but still being able, like, people don't know where I live. People don't, for most, for most half of my, they knew I had a business, but they didn't, like, I would show me doing drunk, but they didn't know who I were if I worked by myself. Um, they didn't know just, you know, stuff like that. So being able to have a parallel of telling your story effectively, authentically, please, people be authentically you. I seem like a, such a hassle to be somebody else because when do you know how to turn it off? But just authentically me and also just showcasing something that people don't see. So I create content that I don't think is, is seen very often. You either have a very, very ritzy black woman, which is not the average. Um, anybody being rich is not the average, no matter race. But most importantly, a black woman who makes seven like millions of dollars is not your average. And if you are your average, chances are you're never going to see it because they're not publicized or they're over publicized. Nobody knows how they got there. We only see the flame. We don't see the glow up. And in my mind, 
social media, socially Chrissy media will be a seven figure conglomerate. And I want people to remember like, man, remember Chrissy lived in a tiny living, found out that's, that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. That's, that's going to be a book right there. Built, went tiny, sold everything and found out. (laughs) Shouldn't have did it. So yeah, that's just like how I built it for me. I think it's about understanding it will take time, authenticity, and knowing your strengths. That's that's and then that's what I just did. Just like how I built my business. Like I didn't just pop on and be like, no, there's a there's there was, you know, I would write things down, make sure I wanted to look away, not edit it, but just like how I want to look. Because sometimes you can get away with stuff and then you can start to tell too much. And then it starts to get sketchy, scary, because I am still raising a whole child. Don't pop up on me because I'm still from, you know, the east side, you know, and then move to the west side. So it's just like, <laughs> I can be social, but let's not let, let's not be scary now, people. But yeah, that's how I built my brand. And I think it's not as hard as people make it seem on social media at all. And that, that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people, it may seem cliche, but it's very real. Be yourself, be authentic, um, be true to who you are, um, because we don't see that a lot. And a lot of even people who are trying to develop their personal brands, they yeah. may jump out and just whatever they feel like the perception of them should be then, you know, that's what it is that they'll try to portray on social media instead of just truly, you know, being who they are. If you driving around in a 97 uh, Cadillac, drive around in your 97 Cadillac, got a little rust on it, but it's yours. That's who you are. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, appreciate you sharing your story and, and breaking that down for us. And I wanted to ask because you do have uh, well, I feel like I get an idea of the day in the life looking at your social media page and watching your stories, but do you, um, how would you explain a typical day for Chrissy? So you wake up in the morning and then you go to bed at night throughout the day. What are the things that you're doing? So you can either catch me for sure. Editing. It just depends. I have a whole schedule. My, my, my week, I'm a, I'm big on routines. So again, if people don't follow or are not familiar, or obviously they can't see what you see right now, listening to, you know, our bomb podcast, um, is that I have a daughter who is on the spectrum. So routines have to play a part in our family. So today, homeschool already happened. So we're waking up between five. Yeah, I know this is funny, y'all. I'm so sorry, y'all. This is realistic. Five to eight. Every day ain't five. Every day ain't eight. <laughs> Every day really ain't five. But I, like today. 5.30. Woke up 5.30, got up. Um, my new thing is, I'm realizing that I found out, was it two weeks ago? I was dehydrated, y'all. <sighs> Crazy. Um, so, like, drinking water, make sure I'm drinking water, stretch. Um, I try to get a breath for fresh air if I'm not scheduled in my plans to go, like, out maybe in the first few hours. So, I'll just go out on the porch, chill, look at the sunrise. Well, sun, yeah, usually if it's five, it's sunrise or whatever. Um, then I get down to edit. So, editing video, I love it. But it is my most tedious and it is something that I'm big on delegating. But it's something that I know right now in my life and especially where I'm navigating going further in my business, I probably won't navigate. That's the one thing I probably won't. I mean, delegate. Sorry. Um, I love it. I'm passionate. I love how my edits look. So I usually edit between two to three hours. And then that's when you can either find me homeschooling after that homeschooling or just outside or just in somewhere in the city or somewhere in some city. Um, usually for a couple hours, I like, again, be present for my daughter. And then afternoon is where we get down for about three to four hours, where, again, you might see me edit, but maybe content edit for the clients or I'm doing a content shoot. So 
good cakes and bakes. We always do early shoots because it's a bakery. I don't want to be in nobody's way with food and stuff in the afternoon. But my other three clients that I have, um, no, I can do afternoon. So I'll do afternoon. And then again, it's me at a restaurant. It's like, you know, if you see me on social, it's me at a restaurant. It's me just out at a park. It's just me enjoying life. Um, because you only have one. I don't know. Like when people be like, oh, I can do that next week. How you know you're going to be here? <laughs> like what? What? Well, yeah, I definitely have days set up. So there's days. Um, and I know with you being like your past life being automotive. So you probably know this. Like my brain knows what it can and can't do. And I know that like today I had like edit. My goal was to edit 10 videos, podcast. And then I had another. This girl is doing an audio cast. I guess it's a podcast, but it's just. Ain't that what a podcast is? But she said it's only on Instagram. So I guess it's not a podcast. That sound, I ain't never heard of that. Yeah, so they call audiograms where you put audio onto a post, right? So if you was to take my audio to promote Yes, it, yes. Yeah, gotcha. That's called an audiogram. But she said, <laughs> this is where it gets weird. She gonna transcribe the video, but it also I will play on Instagram. Don't ask me, but anyway, it sounds cool. So I did that today, but I'm in like the creator space. So there's no way I'm about to be sending emails to a prospect. There's no way I'm about to send an email to the dentist. So I'm in a creator space. But tomorrow is all about like, like the strategy line. So tomorrow is making sure everything is done for January for clients because I am a pre-planner. I don't do stuff last minute, but making sure too, like my business a lot. So tomorrow, usually Tuesdays and Thursdays are where I do the emails, the code, you know, whatever, follow up, making sure copy is good, making sure that engagement. But yeah, that's what you can usually see me do. Wake up, water. Um, oh, number one thing too for me is I don't touch not a phone, not another technology, nothing the first hour I wake up. Um, either my new thing is... Um, what is it? Journal prompting or just writing to God? Like lately I've been doing like, dear God, gratitude has really been big because I think that I've fallen behind on being grateful for what is happening right now and not happening right now. Again, back to what you said about being authentic. You know, I don't care about what I drive or nothing like that, but some things I'm just like, oh, I wish this was better. And then realizing like what you wanted last year you have now. It's because of what you wanted two months ago. It might be, you know, a year from now. So that's what you can catch me doing, creating content, reaching out to clients, raising my dope little brown baby who losing her mind today. You know, that's what you catch me doing. And definitely at somebody's coffee shop, local coffee shop or restaurant. Because y'all know I stay at spending some money somewhere. Spending some money somewhere. Jeez. It's all good. It's all a part of the routine, like you said. I guess, geez, my routine need to be going to the bank every day and, and just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, thank you for sharing your day in the life of Chrissy and make sure that y'all follow her Instagram so that y'all can uh, get more insights to that. Uh, and so now I don't know how much research you've done on Black Fridays, but it's time for my favorite section of the show, which I call Freestyle Fridays. Uh -oh. So I know you're in this very nice booth. And, uh -huh. uh, you know, it should be soundproof. So I'm going to need you to give me some bars. You need you to give me like eight to 16. I saw that on uh, Leanne's and I was like, a what? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I was like, I just thought she added that. Oh. Like, oh. What you mean? Eight so, to 16? What? So you don't, you don't even have to worry about it. You don't have to rap. You don't have to rap. But oh. it's uh, Freestyle Friday is a random assortment of questions. They're all about you, so you can't get them wrong. And oh, then okay. Okay, okay. only got two rules. You answer every one. You answer honestly. Okay. All right. Perfect. So, I mean, uh, I'm gonna give you a very important question here. So normally I ask it a different way, but for you, I wanna know, in your opinion, what's the best Coney Island in Detroit? Lafayette. Mm, the best? Lafayette. 
But that depends because I'm going to Coney Island for a hot dog. I don't do okay. chicken, pita, weird omelets, whatever these people do. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm saying Lafayette Coney Island. Yup. Um so you actually go for the Coney. Yes, but if you're talking about like a Coney Island, you get wingy stuff like that. TJ's on my eight mile. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, I like those. I like those choices. Now, because you and your daughter are always taking these adventures, give me a hidden gem that's in Detroit. I think Good Cakes and Bakes is a hidden gem. Really? You think it's hidden? Man, based off the social and the questions, people act like they ain't never heard it. But hidden gem, hidden gem. Let me, let me, let me. Let, okay. Hidden Jimmy Detroit other than them. Because I'm with you. I'm like, this woman didn't bake for Oprah. But I mean, okay. <laughs> hidden gem, hidden gem. Where is something that I'd be like, what? Oh, wait, it ain't in Detroit, though. Mm. It got to be in the city of Detroit? Got to be in the city of Detroit. In the city. <laughs> this is funny. Or where you like going? I mean, I go everywhere. You know, I rock. But I feel like, no, well, you know what? See, this is what I'm learning. What I think everybody know, they don't. Okay, so Hidden Gym, I'm going to say, is Mudgies. See, I never heard of that. So, and that's crazy. Although it's sad, the owner just passed away recently. He changed the whole Corktown community. He was literally the pillar of Corktown. So Mudgies is an old sandwich shop, right? Old as heck, right? But then the young guy, his, um, oh, I'm having a brain fart. But anyway, the owner who passed away, his, um, he was like the server or something for years and he bought them. He bought them, kept it in Corktown. It's right in Corktown. Don't ask me streets, y'all. Okay, because I don't know, because I just go there. Um, when I tell you, they got a sandwich called a show enough. It tastes like Thanksgiving dinner. It's turkey. Uh, what is it? Uh, like, what's it? Strawberry, like jam, but it's supposed to be a play on like cranberry sauce, but uh, I hate cranberry sauce. Um, and then they got like this sauce on it. It literally is so good. Every year, also, I posted about it, a reel. They have a lobster fest. You can get a lobster roll fresh flown in from Boston every day. It's so good. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm definitely hitting mudgies when I go back home. Um, Who is your favorite social media account to follow? Wait, Detroit or in general? In general. Well, you know, let's make it a two-parter. In general and then give me Detroit. Detroit, Leanne. Man, it's so interesting seeing Leanne grow. But like Leanne... It's raw and real, and I love raw and real. Um, what is an account I go to every day? <laughs> Tails and Turban. She's a mom, a black mom, but she is, um, I forget exactly where she's from, but she's from overseas. But the way she, like parents, and I like her messaging is that everybody don't have to be an influencer on social media. You can make money on Instagram, but you can also love your nine to five. She's very clear on, she like, I'm never leaving my nine to five. It's what I love, blah, blah, blah. So that's somebody I go to every day. Like every day I'm gonna make sure I go see if she got some new comment, share if it's something that's impactful. And then, you know, but yeah, that's my. That's dope. And shout out to Leanne, a Black Friday's all-star, Leanne Henry. Uh, yeah. Definitely make sure y'all tap in with her. Uh, dream celebrity client. So any celebrity you want to work with in the world, who would that be? Michael Jordan. Really? I literally have a Jordan tattoo on my arm. Oh. One of the reasons why I went to Michigan was I got a scholarship as well. So I'm like, 
Yeah, I got. What did I get? I think I got. This was small. I think a two thousand dollar MJ scholarship. I had. A, I wrote an essay about um, Jordans and like Detroit. Blah blah blah. Mm. So, are you are you a Michael Jordan fan or Jordan brand fan? I am both. Mm. His journey through like his processes, how he feel about you know like motivational wise, um, lifestyle, <sighs> the shady marriage thing. We'll leave that to the burner. But anywho, uh, but also the shoes that he made and why he made them and what they mean. Yeah, I'm at like all. Oh, I love it. Mm. I met him once and and dropped the ball. <laughs> I will reserve my comments for uh, Jordan. I'm just a, I'm a diehard Pistons fan. Shout out to Isaiah Thomas, though them, them my dog. So that's I'll leave that there. Uh, <laughs> like, I just fall off the chair. <laughs> I'll I'll leave that there. Okay. Um, if you could transport somewhere for an entire day, you snap your fingers, you teleport you somewhere else, you get to be there for 24 hours. Where would you be? Toronto. Mm. Love Toronto. Yep. I would move there if I could afford to move there. <laughs> I love Toronto. Yep. Toronto. Yep. All day. Toronto is for sure a vibe. Yep. So give me the most random job you ever had. <laughs> so I was, I did this. For, <laughs> Uh-oh. This must mean I love you. <laughs> so. I did auction for a week. Auction? Like people coming back? Yes. <laughs> for a whole week. <laughs> you better keep this information for yourself. Just better not be a part of it. That is that that is one that is top five most random answers I've gotten um, for that question. It's only because people used to always say you talk so fast you could be one of those. And so we all know you have a made cheat. And so <laughs> I want <laughs> so I wanted to go somewhere. We won't say where. I think I actually wanted to go. No, I wanted to go to Vancouver. Um and I think I under undersaved or something, but I was short like a rack. And I was like, dang. And swear. I was like, how can I make it fat? You know, what no Instacart. I was like, dang, swear, auctioneer. And I was like, oh, like what people say I should be? I went, you had to audition, and all you had to do was talk fat, and you'd be like, one, we got one, 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 three, 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 oh, 225, three, three, ten. Oh, it was easy to me, and I, but it was hilarious. Like the oddest job ever. <laughs> uh, what's the song you have on repeat? <laughs> Sam Cook, Change Gonna Come. Okay. I literally listen to it every morning and yell at the top of my lungs. Sometimes silently because Eden's still asleep. <laughs> but yeah, that's on replay every day. Dope. Okay. Not a, not a bad choice. If your phone can only do one of these three functions, which one would you prefer? Text, call, or FaceTime? Text. Anybody ever pick FaceTime? Yeah, a couple people. No, I want to see you. <laughs> okay for sure to keep it keep it cute on the text message yeah i'm gonna see your text maybe i send you a photo in text <laughs> <laughs> um and then favorite movie or tv show of all time i guess i'll do movie love and basketball I, i'm assuming this, i see a theme here i'm assuming you're a basketball fan 
Yes, and I feel like my life is loving basketball since I married my uh, uh, high school sweetheart who I stopped. It all make it, <laughs> it all. <got> you. <laughs> I was like, Brandon, you are Quincy. What? Never mind. You don't have to know. It's okay. <laughs> you'll find out later. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but like you'll you'll get it when I stalk you to death so much. You'll marry me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, do you have a favorite quote or saying that you go by? And I go by or a mantra. I mean, I'm really big on no as a complete sentence. That was a good one. Is there a quote that you go by? Oh, there is something I go by. And people, I, I didn't know it was a quote, but it's a saying. So I'm big on, because people say, Chris, you got to be a little bit more filtered. And I always say, the world and life is so unfiltered. Why do I have to filter myself? So that's something I literally probably say five times a week, if not more. I like that. I like that. If you want to drop an F-bomb, you know, here and there, you should be able to feel free to do so. Yeah. And not even like that kind of filter like that. I feel like the time but it's just like, you know, I mean, you know, kind of like on Instagram where someone like, um, I, I want to say like maybe it was two, two weeks ago. I don't know. Y'all don't keep me on that. But it was like some, it wasn't last week. But I say, you know, what are some questions you have um, for social media or the fact that I took over a, um, I took over a social media account for seven days, free of charge, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I, you know, I, before I accepted it, I sent that person the information like, this is what you're going to go, blah, 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 blah. And then the person will ask what they could change. And when I told them what they could change, it was like, I'll just do ads. And all I said was, ads are great. You're going to pay for ads. That's cool. But remember, if your ads are send people to shit, people don't buy shit. Your content has to, you know, whatever. And they was like, well, that's harsh. What's harsh is you spending unnecessary money when you could get sales organically and grow. And then when you get, I feel like when you get to a certain amount, you should be doing ads, not ads out the gate. Because ads out the gate, let's say ads, your ad turn into like a viral video and you don't even have a product. That's going to kill your business. So that's a really big thing. So that person was like that. You just filter a little bit. And I'm like, the world ain't going to filter shit when you hit that ad button. And then, then you spend, even if, I don't care if you spend $10, $10, you could have did something else. You could have made another candle. You could have paid, added that to paying an influencer. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really big on, nothing is filtered in this world. So why do I? But swearing, I'm with you. You can ever, but sometimes it might, that's like a time and a place thing, but like a filter of like, your honest opinion or like friendships who are like, well, I don't want to hear that. Well, I can't help you. This ain't the friendship you want then. Facts. All facts. So congratulations to you. You successfully passed Freestyle Friday. So thank you for engaging in my shenanigans. And if I can jump back into a couple of business questions, I want sure. to see if I can get some some more free game from you as far as I think about my creatives often. And for them, it sometimes it's a struggle to figure out how to create a business from what it is that they do, whatever they're, you know, choice of art form is. So I want to know if you had any advice for them, like how can you get started from the ground up, regardless of what you do as a creative and going into business? So I think the number one thing is that no matter if you want to do it or not, it all stands to if this is your business, this is what you stand for. You're going to have to get out of your own way. Again, going back to the world is not filtered, so you don't have to be filtered. Show up how you going to show up if they were to work with you. So I would say start with video. Like, even, even if you don't have to be in it, it could just be 
What Denzel doing? You could have a whole photo that you have from a brand shoot because we know everybody always taking photos. Um, and add audio to the video. But three, so then the next question probably would be aligned with the same statement would be what kind of video? So you should have, so you should already have questions that people always ask you. So I call them FAQs. Create videos of your FAQs. So one, people don't have to guess what you do, how you do it, or what you do. And also how, if they were to work with you, what the experience would be like. So having a video that introduction, hi, I'm Tony. I clean cars. Obviously, please have personality, y'all. Nobody want, well, I mean, car cleaner, I ain't got to talk to you, but a little razzle-dazzle, you know what I'm saying? Hi, I'm Tony. I run Tony's Cleaning Business. Listen, it's a traveling cleaning business where I'll come to you if, and if it's out of this range, this is what it is. So if you think that you need your car clean and you want me to come to you while you're still working from home, use trigger words that, you know, people, pain points people going through, because somebody could be like, oh, I can just get in the car and pay $3. But you got to wrangle up your kids or you got to wrangle up your dog. I'm going to come right to you and I'm going to make sure blah, blah, blah. I got a special going on, blah, blah, blah. And then post it. Or even if it's a photo, but being consistent with that. So telling your introduction story, telling what your business is story. So a business story. And then three, I always tell people, um, if you got to do something for free, like I did back and back in the day, uh, no matter where you are in your business, I per- personally don't do free video, but you can, um, or free, whatever, um, Get a testimonial. People want to see what other people experience before they do it. Nobody want to be the first. Nobody want to be the dummy pool. So if you're a creative and you a calligrapher, start showing people what you do. Just have video. Put it on yourself. Showing people what you do so they can see. People want to see. not So they want to visually see or hear what you do, not you just tell them what you do. So I say video is number one. And then those are kind of videos you should probably use in order to get people. If you completely are against video, creating content that just that clearly tells people what you do and you're gonna have to engage a lot so your engagement have to be a lot more and more time of you actually on the platform because you're gonna need to engage more when it's not um a video because I, what do they say a photo is a thousand words i always tell people then what do you think a video is dope dope and I, I think that would definitely be able to help a lot of people and gave me some insight as well um as i get the chance to like i said i enjoy looking at your content looking at your page i'm able to draw some inspiration uh from there as well so uh definitely um helping more people than you probably know so appreciate that and i want to ask in the essence of black fridays why is it important to support our black owned businesses so i know that you said you um enjoy good cakes and bakes before you even started working with them. And then you also go to different black owned spots throughout the city in your adventures. Why is it important to support those spaces? For me, I just feel like um, black people are already undersourced, under, under uh, promoted. And me, I'm a black person, grew up. I never saw black people in tech and look, I mean, I still don't really see black people in tech, but I'm black and I'm in tech. And I know that I'm, I'm not, you know, introvert. I'm extrovert. So you're going to know about me one way or another, right? So I think that people should support Black businesses because if you want us to be, and that's Black, White, or Blue, whoever is the supporters, if you want us, your friend and your cousin to be the next Macy's or you want them to be the next, whoever it is, Oprah, all that, we have to support them. We got to put, we got to put them on. We got to have people visibility. Businesses, Black businesses already got so much of the funding, all of that, that I've started to understand that we don't get the same funding as other people. We don't get the same space as other people. Um, there's currently a business right now that got overbidded by a Caucasian couple who not only are about to start this business that this black girl has been doing for 20 years, they've been doing for three. They're about to start it with Dan Gilbert's extra money, two years, no rent. And this person has moved to an area where 
I hope that it'll be a good and prosperous for her, but it's going to be a lot tougher. She's going to have to be the social media. She's going to have to be the creative. But if you got the Denzels, the Chrissies, the Rachels, the Cams posting on social media, word of mouth and telling people for the free 99. And I, like I said, none of my black businesses have ever been contracted. Never have I ever been like, so my reels get over 10,000. So you should know, because I want my friends no matter who they are, I want them to be in Nordstrom or be the next Nordstrom if that's what you know they sell. Or if they're a candle company, like my girl got candles. I want you to be in the next Bath and Body Works when you're ready. Saying like I want, I want us, I want to see us everywhere. This was the first year I hosted. I'm able to, to buy my daughter a black doll and look like her. And it was a variation of them. And they are available in Target, but you can't find them. Good luck. But you know what I'm saying? But like she sold out. Or look at Target got a whole black section. You know, so I just want to see us. I want to see us everywhere. I don't want to see us. I got to drive one place and be like, five places to go in Detroit, only place to go in Detroit where you can get But No, I want to be like, here, we in Hazel Park. We, in, you know, or whatever. Because, I mean, I go everywhere and put, you know, post about black businesses. But, I mean, why wouldn't I want to see us everywhere? Like, why not? Although I moved to Detroit and clearly was confused of who I was going to see every day because that ain't who I see. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole another sermon for a whole uh, different <laughs> Legit, I'm like so sad <laughs> but I agree with everything that you said uh, definitely um, supporting these black owned spaces because uh, and you talk about being black in tech like I for work I told you I uh, work for Microsoft and I had the opportunity to create a whole blog um, or write a blog about experiences of being black in tech or my journey to being black in tech and that representation matters. So like you talked about being able to buy a black owned doll for your daughter and, you know, just how important those things are, um, especially in those formidable uh, ages um, for young people. And then also just for um, our community in general. So definitely agree uh, with that. And I wanted to do another section of Black Friday is called the Friday Flex. And then this is an opportunity for you to kind of hit the pause button and then big up yourself for anything that you did most recently that comes to recent memory. Uh, Give yourself a pat on the back. Oftentimes we don't get a chance to pause and really reflect on the things that we do. We just kind of in go mode a lot. So I want to give you the floor to be able to do that. I'm supposed to say it or just think it? You're supposed to say it. Oh, I was like, <laughs> like it's, it's weird. that's the weird part oh, um so something that so i agree completely with you that i think like everybody but most importantly i definitely feel like us black people we don't do a lot because we so busy like go 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 um but i actually was able to reflect this weekend because if people follow me they know i don't post on weekends usually i'm with my daughter i realized that I live the life I live, which is a life I dreamed of by creating content for other businesses and that I can homeschool my kid without the stressors of childcare. Oh, I'm gonna have to like, or like, I pretty much, I, I just like my biggest thing right now is like for all like women and moms, but most importantly, black ones, like y'all, I am thriving as a, a whole parent and living off of my creativity, like living, like I live in the city, I've you know, always done the city thing. We moved to the suburbs for a little bit, but I've always done the city thing, but I live in downtown where I'm probably paying for somebody's mortgage, car and bills in just my home, but whatever. But you know, I'm like, I can do that. And, and my clients are straight and my daughter is great and she's thriving. Like, I don't think I don't think I took time out, you know, last year to see that because, I mean, obviously we got through, you know, last year as well. But, like, kudos to me 
but also just kudos to just like you and I are live. Like we live and doing a podcast when, you know, some people didn't make it. So definitely that would be my like, yeah, girl. Whatever. <laughs> Put the pat on the back. <laughs> nice, nice, and that's huge. That everything that you said is huge. So definitely, congratulations to you uh, on all of that. And I want to ask, what is what do you foresee in the future? What's next for socially, Chrissy? What's next for Christina? Give us a look into your crystal ball, so to speak. So my crystal ball is um, recently, unfortunately, I had to let go of some clients. Nothing was wrong with them. But uh, Social Chrissy is changing into a different space. Um, so like about two months ago, two of my videos went viral, but they went viral in a positive way. It made me like affirm that um, Black motherhood, talking about raising a child, special needs child, but just motherhood of like still being able to live my life. So that's the one thing I think people take away from me that I'm, I'm a mom, but damn, she do a lot of stuff. So yeah, um, and I got a lot of, uh, a few brands reach out for my daughter. So Social Chrissy will change from a full on um, media company to I'm going all in in my own self and doing influencer marketing as well as my daughter. But I literally want to streamline my mom's group, Social Moms, to be a conglomerate. So I still have my three clients, uh, literally are my dream clients. I literally wrote down who I want to work with. I literally either work with them like or pay them anyway. So like one of my clients also is my co-working space as well, which is Bamboo. I've always wanted to work with them. So I kept my three uh, big dogs to obviously secure my lifestyle. But um, yeah, I want to, I want black motherhood, but like good black motherhood to be prevalent, conscious motherhood to be prevalent. So people can see that it exists. The toxic and the, you know, the one way street of portraying black motherhood. I'm not really with it. Also the burnout and the, this is what motherhood would be or the urban motherhood, not really about it either. So just changing that narrative. So my whole biggest thing is like um, cultivating the community of people, whether it's my creatives and the social Chrissy aspect of helping moms who are business owners or whether it is my social moms understanding that motherhood is hard, but you don't have to let any of the small feats knock down what your ultimate goal is. And so that's what social Chrissy is headed towards next. Dope, dope. And we look forward to seeing all of that um, come true. And I don't know if you uh, have like a, a dream client that you might want to throw out there or a prediction, but we like to speak things into the universe here. And then, you know, so that it comes back. Oh, a dream client. Oh, I would love if Gerber. I'm actually still putting that down because I don't know what dream client would be like anchored towards moms. But I would love like all big, like big businesses. So that's what's on my board. And um, like I was telling you, I have an office for 30 days so I can strategize everything for the first six months because I'm really big into, like you said, speaking it. But I'm also really big into you can't speak it and I have actionable steps behind it. So creating all of that. Also, I'm done in January. I have 30 days where my clients get, they, they already have their February content. January content will be the first week of December. I have my team posting engagement, but I'm literally... On social, I'll probably pop up, but like in work, I just need that month because then after that, it's go time. You know, it's go time and stuff like that. But um, I would just love like big businesses to uh, see the value on black influencers, but positive influencers. There's no drama over here. I co-parent effectively uh, with my ex-husband. You know what I'm saying? Like my daughter, I take her on a bus. It's no, oh, I can't do, you know, it's, it's showing all walks of life because the most obtainable walk of life is the average person. You know, everybody ain't 
pushing a Tesla. That's my goal, though, to buy a Tesla in 2022. I don't know if I said that. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's just like, just I just want motherhood, womanhood, and being Black to be prevalent as could be. When people on my page are like, that's what she's speaking about. She's speaking about content, growing your business, because that's what I do. But also, like, being a mom, it's not as cliche as people think. Definitely. Definitely with you on that. And for the people who are interested in using your services, following your story, learning more about you, where can they find you? Give us all your handles and information. So you can find me in these social streets and all these neighborhoods being reckless um, at Socially Chrissy on Instagram, um, Facebook. I don't post on there. That's for old people. My grandma for pictures of my daughter. I don't even know y'all if that's, I don't even know if I got, you got to have one because you got a business attached. It might be my name, y'all. I don't really know. But LinkedIn and Twitter is Socially Chrissy as well, or Christina Dubois, which is my first and last name. And also... Contrary to what people believe, I got a whole website, y'all. It is at www.socialchristy.com, and that's where you can look, see all the different things for social moms, see all the different things for the what I currently offer or don't offer. If you have a business and you like, Chrissy, be out here. She's going to create videos for us. You can always reach out that way or email at info at So you can find me in these streets. And make sure that y'all go ahead and tap in go to the website, go to the social media page and uh, definitely give a follow, like some stuff, share some stuff. Um, you'll definitely enjoy it over there. And I just want to thank you uh, for your time today. Really grateful that we were able to make this happen. And just want to say uh, for you, continue to be dope, continue to keep growing, um, putting on for the city. Um, love being able to learn new things about Detroit and um, different through your page and also different ways to show content and tell stories, uh, which is uh, truly amazing. So I'm grateful we were able to do this. I was able to get some free game. Hopefully somebody else was able to get some uh, free game and, and learn something new as well. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel like a celebrity when you ask. I was like, OK. <laughs> For sure. And uh, definitely welcome you back anytime. And uh like I said, this was a great, great conversation, great information. And for all of you out there, this has been another episode of Black Fridays. 